it's about as close to pure infill as you can get. Um, and, and so therefore it's, um, it, it's, it's very desirable for us um, it, from, a, from a standpoint of maintaining compact growth. I'm Becky Kaiser with Hayes Post and Eagle Radio News, and I'll be talking with Hayes City Manager Toby Doherty and Mayor Sean Musil about the latest Hayes City Commission activities on this episode of the Post Podcast. Last night, uh, Sean, was a lot about housing in Hayes and just good news all the way around and a lot of growth, and there was some really good discussion about how we're doing this, why we're doing this, and the need to continue doing this. So let's first of all start with talk about the Grove, which people has been been is really popular. People mm-hmm. are talking about it. This is the development on the east side of Hayes near uh, Hayes Medical Center, and the commission approved a final plat and rezoning for that to process to actually get underway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, at first when uh, Doug uh, brought that up to us, I was kind of hesitant on you know what we were doing there, but um, there's proven there's a need. And he's, you know, filling a need that uh, people are asking for. And we're, you know, uh, once it gets done, hopefully have a community center, which I think will be great, more in the center of town instead of outside of town. And, you know, a lot of work to be done. But, yeah, it's, it's exciting. We're filling a need that, that's been out there. And, you know, we need uh, – this is more, I guess you would say, high-end housing. Mm-hmm. But then we, we're also meeting the need of the uh, workforce housing. So we're trying to touch everything. It doesn't happen as fast as I would like, but that's just development. But I think we have some developers doing a great job on getting this stuff done. That makes me think of one of the things that uh, Doug Williams, the Grow Hayes executive director, said when he was giving a report to the commissioners last night about how he's learned. And he says that, too. You know, it's probably going to take longer than certainly than I want. Mm -hmm. And he said it takes about two years from inception to actually getting the process underway. And and uh, that's can seem like it drags on forever but you have to be very meticulous you do and you know we have developers talk to us all the time whether it's new business new apartments whatever and you're like man they want to do it and you're ready for it to happen but it usually takes two or three years so that's why us commissioners get so excited when we actually see it done because we know how much you know how many meetings we've had over and how much time it takes and it's you know and, and sandy says the best is the collaboration city staff developers builders and everybody you know getting together and you know, we learn, and like he said, when we make mistakes, we learn from that, and we get better. And um, Toby, one of the things that was uh, important about the Grove is that this is, and you, we've talked about this before, is a really good example of infill. The city doesn't have to worry about providing new utilities and that sort of thing. The utility extensions will be relatively minor. Um, there are utility mains in the area, so the water and sewer mains are small. Um, obviously, the internal streets and water and sewer will have to be created, but but it's about as close to pure infill as you can get, um, and and so therefore it's um, it, it's it's very desirable for us um, it, from a from a standpoint of maintaining compact growth. You know, we're already maintaining Canterbury. Um, we've already you know maintained the water and the sewer lines there, so we don't have to add a, a lot more in order to serve quite a few more homes. Do we have an idea what um, I think? Well, I'm not sure he's talking about the Grove. He's talking about the RHID, which we'll get to in just a moment. But uh, how many people this will house? As Sean said, this is multi-types of housing there. I believe total units, um, I, I, I just don't remember now. I think it's in the, in the 80s um, or, or 90s. But there are, are a lot of single-family home units. There are a row of duplexes. And then there are, in the in the first phase, I believe there are six multiplexes um, apartment style complex and they may be six plexes um, so I think it's it's total in the 80s or 90s as far as living units 
And Sean, we're, again, we're talking about the area that would be to the north mm-hmm. of, of Hayes Med. And you made a, a comment last night, and this is something that the commissioners talked about, um, was whether this is a concern of traffic flow. We know we're going to have a couple new school buildings on the south end of of uh, Canterbury and the hospital's already there with those shifts that are coming in and out. So traffic is likely to increase, but mm-hmm. there's already some good ingress egress planned there. Well, and not only that, you know, when we do development, whether it's on Bion street, do roundabouts, we did a roundabout on uh, Canterbury. When we do this, it's not just for now it's for the future. And that's what I was trying to get out of Jesse and he does a good job. We are always looking for, okay, when there's added traffic, can this handle it? And that's why we do what we're doing. And we're not thinking of just today. We're thinking of 10, 20 years down the road. And, you know, it'd be a lot more traffic, but hopefully it will be a continued flow. And, you know, they'll build the, the different roads to make it easier to where you can go either east or west and stuff. So I, that's what I applaud city staff since I've been on the commission is they're always thinking ahead. You know, not just today, not tomorrow. It's, you know, years down the road. And you mentioned that word collaboration a minute mm-hmm. ago. And that's really a good example, Jesse Ward, the public works director. Mm-hmm working with the planners of the yep. the new school that far ahead is like what is it going to do to the traffic that we already have yep. in Hayes that's a busy area Absolutely. and it, it'll, it's going to grow a little bit and how are we going to handle that so again, that collaboration is very important yep. well let's talk a little bit uh, we don't want to steal Doug Williams thunder he's going to be <laughs> on the show here in a little bit later this morning but Toby we did hear a report from the heart of America rural housing incentive district the RHID project update and this was wow just exciting that you could just feel that in the mm-hmm. air like this is really what Hayes is about and we're seeing some really good growth it's taking time but it's moving right along it's taking time but it, it seems a lot quicker than it than it has taken mm-hmm. um, you know somebody who lives out on the east side I drive by that area a lot and 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 those houses just seem to spring up overnight almost um, and the update Doug gave is is basically he's fully sold out on all of the lots on phase one and two. The tall grass and, edition. And the tall grass about. edition, yes. And that's the um, the, the, the homes um, um, just east of Wheatland Drive. And then for phase three, he has a plan in the works that he's going to start on in the spring um, that will redo Wheatland Avenue off of 22nd Street, um, make, that, make the necessary improvements to that street, and then create 12 lots along there that will be 12 more homes. Um, and then he told the commission about his plan then to move forward for phase four, which would be more of the, of the workforce type housing that's being built, um, out there right now. So we're talking about, uh, building up the area from 22nd, would it be? And then all the way to I-70 North? Yes. If you look at the footprint of the development now, as far as east to west, um, it's that same, that same width all the way up to the, to the interstate is what they have options on to purchase. And Sean, you made a comment, uh, and Doug talked about this. He Again, lessons learned, and he went through some of those. We've touched on some of them. One of the things he talked about was the pay-as-you-go, which the, the city commission, the city of Hayes, mm-hmm. that's basically how the city pays for big projects, mm-hmm. not until they have the money in the bank. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, thinking about that's generally uh, a good way, and I know the city likes doing that. But as Doug explained, it's a little bit tough on the developers sometime, and he's thinking that maybe there might be some options that he wants to bring to the commission in the future and talk about different ways to do some of this financing. Yeah, you know, I mean, the builders honestly have taken, I don't know how to say this, not as much profit by what they're building out there, but but it's fitting a need. But there are there's some tweaks that need to possibly be done. You know, we don't, I mean, we haven't seen it yet. I think maybe he's talked to you a little bit, Toby. 
Um, until we see it, it's hard to know exactly what he's wanting. But, I mean, I can understand, you know, waiting for 25 years to get payback when you build this many houses, that would be a little bit of a struggle. But if we can maybe meet in the middle and find a way to where they can even build more and not have to wait as long, I think it's worth looking at. I don't know if it's possible at this time because I haven't seen anything, but I think it's definitely worth talking about. We'll see what happens in the future. Mm-hmm. Toby, I want to use our remaining time to talk about uh, the R9 Ranch with an update. And you had the opportunity to uh, tour the ranch. When was that? Yesterday? No, two days uh, ago. Wednesday. Wednesday uh, with uh, U.S. Senator Jerry Moran, of course, who is from Hayes and Plainville. And to go with him out there and a few of the commissioners and just give the senator an update on the situation with the R9. And you did some explanation of how the uh, rates are, the, the water that's going to be removed from the area by the city of Hayes and how there is a formula that you adhere to and went above and beyond that, which was a little bit of a surprise to him. Yes, uh, the Senator Moran um, and a couple of his staffers met with myself, um, Chris Smith, the property manager, John Quinday, the Russell city manager, and then um, Sandy Jacobs, uh, Elena Cunningham, and Mason Reuter, city commissioners. Um, at the R9, and I believe it's his first trip to the to the property, and um, so we we were able to show him the property and then um, have a meeting at our headquarters down there and just talk about talk about our efforts. So um, he heard a uh, a wide variety of information on the project itself and was able to see firsthand our commitment to um, good stewardship of the land by converting it back to native grass. Um, he heard about the conversion to walk-in hunting that's taking place right now. Um, in fact, the signs had just been put up the day before for the walk-in hunting. Um, and then he heard about uh, Russell's immediate need for um, water and some of the emergency measures they're having to put in place. And then John Quinday also did a good job of, of talking about the Russell industrial demand and their um, potential $350 million investment um, that just needs more water to support it. Um, which is which is huge for Russell. Um, Commissioner Jacobs mentioned last night that um, the, the senator was surprised to hear about our efforts to go above and beyond and in, 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 in committing to sustainability. And um, the senator asked for a more detailed explanation on the consumptive use process when you convert one water right to another type of use and the formula that's used to reduce your your amount. And um, and I think was generally surprised to to. to understand fully how we went, you know, 30% above and beyond that. So we would commit long-term and, and really give up our water rights um, long-term in order to commit to sustainability. So we felt it was a great visit. We were, were very happy that he came down and, and uh, very happy to show off the property. So the walk-in hunting area, that's officially open now? Uh, it won't open until November 1st when, oh. the, when the season starts. Oh, okay. Um, Chris Smith, the property manager, is going to, going to come in on October 26th and give a a brief update on the process, and then we're going to have uh, John Brown, the uh, project manager, give an update on the design process, what we've been doing in the last couple of months. Sean, although you were not able to attend that meeting, you did mention last night, you talked about the walk-in hunting area and having talked with the uh, economic development director for Edwards County in the Kinsley area and and showing that this is something that will that definitely will benefit them. Hayes is not trying to harm Kinsley, Edwards County in any way. Right. No, not at all. You know, we've been contacted, you know, many people at Kinsley, they think we're, you know, still in their water, which, you know, we all know we're not. You know, we've had this water since the 90s. But we want to be good stewards, like Toby said, 
And hopefully this will benefit them by people coming down, you know, hunting, maybe eating in their restaurants, shopping and stuff like this. And, you know, those people in Kinsley, they come to Hayes often. I mean, I have them in my business. So, you know, and that's that's what Hayes is. People from over come shopping here. So we're not trying to abuse what they have down there. We're just trying to use what we believe is ours and uh, benefit our community and also grow our community.